This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. All right, let's go to the Western Conference semifinals. The Lakers at the Warriors. Warriors laying five and a half. Warriors minus 250. Lakers plus 200. Total set at 227 and a hook. Let's go back to game one first, Chelsea, because at the end of that game, and it was talked about quite a bit, Jordan Poole took the potential game-tying shot for the Warriors, and some people say it was a bad shot. Some people say it was an okay shot. This was way beyond the three-point line. Now, if you're saying Steph Curry should have taken that shot, yes. But also, Steph Curry was double-teamed. He had to get rid of it. So Draymond Green, on his podcast, addressed this, and he was basically saying, if you think Jordan Poole took a bad shot, this is what he thinks. I know everyone's um, talking about the last three that he missed. Quite frankly, I, I like the shot. Um, you know, you obviously, you know, you tell him to eat up the space and, and take three a little bit closer as there was, you know, he could have eaten up the space, but Jordan can shoot the ball and he got a good look at it. Yes, you want him to take a couple steps in and, and, and get an even closer three, but um, Jordan taking that three is not why we lost that game. And I know everyone's going to point at that one play and say he should have never shot that three. Prior to that three, he was six for 10. You got a guy six for 10 that you know can shoot the piss out of the ball and you get an open three, you live with it. Um, there were some things that I personally could have done to make sure we weren't even in that situation. I love it when guys shoot the piss out of the ball. Yeah, you know, that's just a part of NBA vernacular. You know, you know, but nobody shoots the piss out of the ball like Steph Curry. But but do you think Draymond's right? First of all, Draymond Green tried to punch Jordan Poole or did punch Jordan Poole. So I think now this is all like making trying to make nice and saying, oh, you know, he's fine. I, I believe in that shot. What did you think when you saw it? That he was open. It was a good look. And this is, I think, the worst part of sports is when people love to boil an entire game down to one final shot because how different would this conversation be if he made it? Like, I thought he had a good look. Steph Curry, I mm-hmm. think, was double teamed. So what are you going to do? Like, it, it was a shot. Like Draymond said, he was 6 of 10 for the night. I don't think I would love, like, my hopes resting on Jordan Poole as opposed to, you know, maybe Steph Curry. But still, wouldn't this shot only send it to overtime? Like, it wouldn't have won him the game, right? So, like, it's right, no. you still had to play overtime. So, like, it's not signed, sealed, delivered. So, I know people love to argue about this, but I think I'm with Draymond here. I think Jordan Poole had every right in the world to take it. I think this is my thing, and Double D just said this in the chat, and I agree, is that he had a wide-open look, but he also had a ton of space in front of him. So, instead of trying to act like you're Steph Curry and shoot from deep, 
why not take a step forward and give yourself a better look? And then Matt just put the contrarian point, which is not bad. Some players would prefer not to shoot off the dribble. So I think at the end of the day, it, my big takeaway here is that we're so accustomed to seeing Steph Curry in that moment, take a shot from deep and then nail it generally because that's what he does. Jordan Poole has the unfortunate coincidence of, of, of playing with the best shooter to ever play the game. So whenever you're playing for Golden State and you're playing with Steph Curry, then of course, if you're the one tasked with taking a game tying or game winning shot and Steph isn't the one shooting the ball, then unless you nail it, you're going to be facing criticism. Right. But also people love to say all these little things. And I agree. It was a long three. Like it would have yeah. probably been better if it was a little bit shorter, but still in the moment, it is very hard for the player to execute this in the moment. It is very easy for us to be sitting on our couches and say, I would have done this. I would have done that. When none of us have ever been tasked with shooting a game winning or a game tying three in the NBA postseason. So I think a lot of it is just execution and in the end, like, this is not something that I think, you know, moving forward, like, it's a, a good argument and it's a good discussion. But still, in the larger scope of this series, like, it wouldn't even won the game for him. So I don't think it's, like, a huge talking point moving forward. Like, if Jordan Poole does this again and takes some terrible yeah. shot at the end of the game, then it becomes an angle. But for now, it doesn't seem like something that I'm going to be carrying in to this next game. It is a daily tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Thursday morning. Coming up in 10 minutes, the Heat head back to Miami with a home court advantage against the Knicks. But should they be up two games instead? We're going to chat with Alejandro Solana, who covers the team for AM560 Sports, WQAM on South Beach. Before we get to that, we are talking the Western Conference semifinals, Lakers and Warriors. Let's spin this forward to tonight's game two. Warriors laying five and a half points in San Francisco. The Warriors minus 250. The Lakers are plus 200 if you like LA on the money line. Total set at 227 and a half. Now, in game one, we saw Anthony Davis absolutely dominate this game. LBJ gets the headlines, rightfully so, but it was AD who just went off, and Steve Kerr says he is ready to make adjustments. I thought AD had a great game. I mean, he obviously dominated and, and blocked four shots and altered some others. And But, you know, that's what this team has been doing now for the last few months. They've, they've been one of the best defensive teams in the league for a reason, and uh, and he's he's a huge part of that. Uh, he had a great game, and uh, we'll watch the tape, and we'll see you know, where we can um, find better ways to attack. So do you think that the Warriors make the adjustment tonight and that they cover the spread now sitting at five and a half? I'm wondering if they have the personnel because like they have Kevon Looney who can like get some rebounds, but down low, like this is the strength of the Lakers is that they have a much better presence in the paint than say the Warriors do. Um, so I don't know if it's something that like they can fix with like adjustments and defensive strategy or if it's just something they're going to have to live with because sometimes it's just a matchup issue and you don't have anybody who can stop Anthony Davis. So maybe there's something he can do. And if anybody can find something, it's Steve Kerr. I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt here. But at the end of the day, like it was still a very close game. So it wasn't something that completely, you know, put the Warriors underwater. It was still a very close game. So 
Maybe you just live with it and say, hey, Anthony Davis is going to get his. That's fine. Also, Anthony Davis is very injury prone. So there is a chance that, you know, he leaves this game early or something like that. He's been kind of back and forth to where he'll have a huge game and then another game he doesn't really show up. So uh, I don't know if it's about adjustments for me when it comes to containing Anthony Davis. I think this is about... Yeah, you're going to have to make some adjustments. And and I will say, when you look back at game one, LeBron was brilliant in that game in finding Anthony Davis. There were so many plays where LeBron would drive inside or they'd be on the break and could have taken it himself. And he would find a seam, find some space, find AD open, throw an alley-oop, find him underneath. And he did a great job of making sure that if there was a chance that AD was close to the basket, that he got the ball and put it in the bucket. It was very effective. I don't exactly know how the Warriors will adjust, but they absolutely, and Bill Roll and our executive producer just put this in the chat, they got to get to the free throw line. I think the Warriors, and I'm not exaggerating here, I believe they made six free throws like six in game one, they've got to find a way to get to the line. That will help even things up. But I think more than anything, this goes back to what we said before game one, which is we both like the Lakers in game one. And the reason why we like the Lakers is because they were more well-rested and it gave them more of a chance to prepare. Now, I think we're starting to see that the Lakers won't be as rested. They're certainly older. That's a storyline that we have to watch throughout this series. And because of that, I think that this is when Golden State, which seems to play its best when they have to play their best, when their backs are against the wall, that's why I think they cover tonight. I think the Lakers are going to be a little bit more tired. Steve Kerr makes the proper adjustments, and Golden State finds a way to pull this one out. So do you think they cover? Because I think that's my question. I do think it's the Warriors that win, but do we believe this to be another close game? Because I think that Mm -hmm. is my only sabotage factor here is that five and a half is like a pretty sizable spread. So unless it's like somewhat of a blowout, you're going to be sweating this one a bit. But throughout the season, we know the Warriors have been very, very good at home. And plus, the urgency is definitely there. Sometimes I feel like the urgency isn't there for the Warriors, um, but it's definitely here now, Uh, especially when they're one game down the series and you got to win one at home. Like you absolutely have to. You can't go back to L.A., you know, with a two-game deficit. So it feels like the urgency is definitely there. What do we think we see from Steph Curry tonight? Because I think when you look at these backs against the wall type of games, you rely more heavily on the superstars, but it's not Mm -hmm. like Steph Curry is coming out of left field. Like you're never getting any kind of value on his props. We know that, but he's also somebody who can go way over his props. Like the potential, you know, for a huge game is definitely there. Do you think we see a big one from Steph tonight? Yeah, I think we do. And also, look, we talk about exhaustion or being tired, whatever it is. Steph had to be, Steph dropped 40 in games or 50 in game seven against the Kings. So I know he's younger than LeBron. We don't talk about how he's as exhausted or as much of a veteran, but he certainly is. There's no way that you expend the energy to drop 50 points in a game. And then the next game you come back, you aren't at least a little gassed. So I think he'll have his legs under him and have a better shooting performance. And also, when you talk about regressing to the mean or positive regression, like Steph is one of those guys when he has a bad night, he rarely has a couple of bad nights in a row. So when I see a guy like that, and and struggle is always relative when it comes to Steph because he's such an incredible shooter. So whenever he has a, quote, bad night, it's generally a pretty good bet to to wager on him retaliating or recovering in a way that is more in line with what we normally see. 
Right. And then finally, we have like a minute left. Uh, we got to talk about the Kevon Looney rebounding prop because it's a good one. And you brought this mm -hmm. up earlier in the show. This guy's been a prop guy. Like, I think other than yeah. maybe Malcolm Brogdon, he has been the most profitable props player uh, in the NBA postseason thus far. Pulled down 23 rebounds just last game. Uh, and I think he's hit his prop in just about every game uh, in the last four. Huge numbers. 23, 21, 13, 22, 14, and 20 rebounds. His props tonight, uh, 13 and a half. Jenks, are you playing this? I certainly am. There's just no denying that he has been an absolute beast on the boards. And in each of the Warriors' last four victories, guess what? He has hit this, hit the prop, going to be on it tonight. And I never play NBA props, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.